0: Welcome to The Bridge, fun conversations on culture, life, and everything in between. Welcome to the bridge. We are show which connects east and west. My name is Jason. I'm from sunny, beautiful California. Now living in beautiful Beijing, which is sunny, and the home of more museums than any other city that I've been to in China. Therefore, the moniker for Beijing is City of Museum. Once i tried to go to all of them, I couldn't. <laughs> With me today is Bebe.
1: Hey, hi Jason. Ashley. Um, you are the first person who told me that Beijing is a city of museums. And never thought of Beijing mm. as that I thought it was like the city of parks. but anyhow
0: <laughs> find us where you get your podcasts if you like the show then consider pushing the like button or giving us five stars suggestions comments anything you would like to share email us at we love the bridge at gmail.com we love the bridge I tried to give Yantai Shandong oh. the moniker Seaside City of Lights, Ooh. but they prefer fantasy or something like that. <laughs> fantasy Yantai. Fantasy or something Yantai. Like that.
1: Yantai is known yeah. for its apple. You know that, right?
0: That's right. It's yeah. wine, apples, grapes. They are very agricultural out there. Mm. If you're ever on the high speed rail in that part of uh, Shandong, what you will see is an endless Field for out like an hour by, you know, 350 kilometers per hour. Mm. Endless rows of greenhouses. And Endless rows.
1: It's known for its uh, green onions. Okay. <laughs> but anyhow. <laughs>
0: Before we get to, to today's topic, we had an email from a gentleman mm. named Chris. Chris is a listener from California who listens to the bridge nightly. Mm. He uses his own shortwave radio to listen on How? 591 one zero kilohertz at 7 (laughs) p.m. Pacific Standard Time every night. And I didn't know, but apparently someone is broadcasting us for free out in California. Thank you, (laughs) secret listener with your own short broadcast transmitter. Thank you so much for putting us up in California. And thank you, Chris, for the email, who says he's a longtime listener of the show.
1: Hi, Chris. I actually don't even know what shortwave is. I I think it's some form of radio, (laughs) but I I don't understand the difference between other forms. But I'm so happy that our listeners are, you know, listening. And also are writing to us. Yeah, keep writing to us. We'd love to hear about what you yeah. um, you know, want to say about the show and what you want to hear about, you know, give us ideas. Yeah,
0: if you if you email us, baby and I will talk about you on the show. And, and thank you for messaging us on, on the show. And Chris, thank you. Yeah. And I also want to thank the secret transmitter as well, <laughs> who's throwing us up on the radio waves in California.
1: And also Again, if you're even if you're interested in, you know, being more about spring onions from Shandong Province. (laughs) Let us know. We'll do the research.
0: (laughs) Well, we have a less than fun topic to talk about today, but I think it's an important one. Uh Uh, As a recent spate of hate crimes has trended in social media, one wherein two young Americans of Korean descent Hmm. were harassed in San Ramon, California. We're going to take a look at anti-Asian hate in the context of of wider hate crimes in the U.S. So listen in as we lay out the crisis of hate facing every generation in the West today.
1: To be honest, Jason, I I spent more time on this topic than much all the others, most of the others. Mm -hmm. But after hours, I was like, I still don't know where to start. Mm -hmm. And it's um, the feeling I get. I mean, right now I'm like almost shaking a little bit because I I lived in the U.S. for years, more than Mm -hmm. a decade. And Mm -hmm. luckily, all the years that I was there, I, I felt you know, American people are so friendly. Hmm. Um, You know, family and friends also think so. Places we work. My my family
0: and my friends personally Mm
1: -hmm. are really cool people
0: in California. And so it always confused me when I hear about these kinds of things. I'm, I'm more than shocked because I don't know a person who would do these kinds of things who would even, even contemplate doing these kinds of things.
1: Hurting old people, like completely vulnerable people. That's more than racial hate crime. For me, this is all almost a new thing. But I know that after doing research, I know that it's uh, it has a history in the U.S. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. before we really start, I, I also want to say that... I think although we say diversity I mean in the states we always Mm -hmm. think of it as a great thing right we have Mm -hmm. people from all over the world you know Mm -hmm. maybe you said it right that in New York City we have people from every single country in the world yeah I mean Mm -hmm. we we celebrate this as a wonderful thing but at the same time I have to admit that governing such a population is not easy right because Mm -hmm. people are different I mean think of marriages just two people right and even two people may be born in the same town. A same country, they have problem getting to know each other, getting along. Imagine people coming from all over the place with their traditions mm. and ideas. So it's not easy to start with, but it doesn't have to be like this, right?
0: You know, it's interesting you point that out, baby, because there are other kinds of marriages and other cultures where different amounts of people marry each other. Mm. And in the, there are other cases in which the exact opposite happens. So what you're talking about is even more complicated than that, because right. the the, the astounding differences between some cultures are so surprising to some folks. Exactly. That it, it can be very challenging to understand one another.
1: So, um, you know, we, we give it that. It's not an, it, diversity and also uh, different races mixing people with different backgrounds. It's just not easy for them to, to truly understand each other. Oh, yeah. You're listening to The Bridge. Uh, but it doesn't have to be like this. This is like the other extreme. I, I guess, Jason, you have some numbers uh, to tell us about how bad.
0: I think we should qualify what we're talking okay. about. Okay. We're not talking about 95% of people in mm. the United States. We're talking about a very, very small minority of extremely deranged individuals uh-huh. who probably need psychiatric help. That are I think p- so. Because in one case, there was a gentleman. I shouldn't. I don't think the word gentleman applies. Let me rephrase <laughs> that. There was a man oh. in New York City who committed like ten or fifteen percent of all anti-Asian hate crime a couple of years ago. What? So this guy, they kept arresting him and releasing him, and he just would go do it again. And so this <sighs> one man account- for an enormous, like, ridiculous amount of the statistics. Mm. So we're not talking about Americans are attacking Asians. We're talking about a small minority of uneducated or deranged or may perhaps drug addict type people who are skewing the statistics out of proportion. Obviously, there are reasons that they're choosing to express their anger on Asians as opposed to other groups. Mm. So we can talk about some of those. Before we get to just the numbers, I want to read some headlines. Sure. Because I want to establish that there's a clear pattern here. Mm. So, NPR, this comes from this year, January 14th. Indiana's Asian American community is grieving after a bus stabbing attack. <gasps> An 18-year-old Indiana University student was stabbed multiple times in the head while riding a local bus in Bloomington, Indiana this past week. The suspect told police she stabbed the victim because she was Chinese, Mm. adding that it would be one less person to blow up our country. I wonder where she gets that idea, this deranged- The media. Suspect. Exactly. Who's telling her that Chinese folks are a danger? That You know, it's not just that she's deranged and that she's stabbing people she's being misled by
1: media and i think when i saw this piece of news there was a picture of this um i want to say lady but i guess you know this um Mm. person this person right and she had this smile on her face she was in this i think in this orange uh suit that they wear Mm. in jail Mm. i think okay and she had this smile It's like, I've done something really cool or good mm. for the humanity, something like that. Or like, I've got you. And it was very, very disturbing. Yeah. Um. First of all, like where she got that idea and the act mm-hmm. itself. I mean, for even if it's like for a uh, quote unquote, like a good reason, you don't just go stab people, right? Mm. People that you know or you don't know. So I think you know, she probably, you know, has a lot of issue on her own. And then like mm. one less person to blow up our country? What yeah. are you talking about? What news are you mm. watching? We saw this news and we read about it and I think people are puzzled. We're sad and puzzled. What is going on? And it's really time that more people uh start talking about this, right?
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. I th- I'm actually surprised. I'm on Twitter a lot. Mm-hmm. And if I I post things with hashtags all the time to try to get attention to a lot of different kinds of topics. And when I post something that is on this topic, it's crickets. Very few people are interested when I try to throw this out into media and try to ask people what their ideas, people ignore it, which I always found really surprising because other topics I talk about, I get like a thousand people who are interested Mm -hmm. in, in what, and it's just really bizarre to me that how few people want to address this issue sometimes Mm. and it's an issue that needs to be addressed another attack cbs news this is february 3rd so this is days ago Mm. a man accused of attacking asian americans at sf dolores park charged with hate crime so this man his name is armando at 30 years old he attacked three asian american individuals One who was 73 years old and (sighs) he used a brick and a metal grate to throw objects at at these people. So it's just another example. Another one, Mm. this is also very recent, January, New York post racist spews hate at asian man during random umbrella attacks so after he verbally assaulted the man for being asian mm. and made quote derogatory anti-asian statements and threatened to kill him he then beat him with an umbrella oh my gosh there are uh, lots of resources online uh like uh stop aapihate.org you can go to to learn more about this i encourage you to go there mm. and then there are I looked this up. This comes from the U.S. Department of Justice, 2021 hate crimes. Mm-hmm. And I want to put this into context because, yes, there are anti-Asian hate crimes, and the, yes, it's terrible. Mm-hmm. But I also want to point out the the larger context here. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of challenges that the uh, United States is facing, and mm-hmm. I'm assuming this is very similar to other some other countries. Mm-hmm anti-black or african-american hate crimes continue to be the largest bias incident category with 63.2 percent of all single bias incidents so that means people are attacking people of other races as well hmm. anti-asian incidents in 2021 accounted for 4.3 but actually that's gone up considerably right and this is a little bit about out of date and so it's increased by 300 and something percent i'm going to go into that later hmm. so it's probably more like more than 10 percent of all the attacks and some some of them are religious, anti-Jewish incidents, 31.9% of religious incidents, anti-Sikh incidents. So those are people from Punjab area of uh, Pakistan and India. Mm. 21.3% of incidents. Anti-Islamic incidents, 9.5%, which is actually down because, the, you know, from the er- original invasion of Iraq and er- invasion of Afghanistan, there were a lot of uh, anti-Islamic incidents during that time. Mm. And Surprisingly, anti-Catholic and an- anti-Eastern Orthodox also so 6 and 6.5% mm. of anti-religious violent actions that were that have been taking place. But I have another website. This I'm almost done with the numbers. No worries. Yes. This is ny1.com. Mm. It said that f- there were is a 44% jump in reported hate crimes from 2022 to 2023. And uh, there was a up 1,492 hate crimes in 2020 to 2,150. These are just anti-Asian hate Mm. crimes in 2021. And another part of the same article, there was a 342% increase in anti-Asian hate crimes from 2020 to 2021. It's just been one year. Yeah. And yeah, one year. And then the year before that, from 2019 to 2020, a 124% increase, So we can see there's a trend for the last four or five years mm. of anti-Asian hate crimes going just out of control, spiraling out of control and just becoming much, much worse problem than it has been in, in previous recent decades. And you mentioned there's a historical precedent. So my research primarily focuses on the last five or six years. Do you want to talk about some of uh, the historical precedent that you mentioned? The deeper
1: roots of anti-Asian racism?
0: I think think we owe it to our listeners Mm. to show them the deep roots. What is really going on here? Where does this come from? Why did this start? Why is it going on? What can we do about it? I actually
1: found this article, this website called liberationnews.org. They have an article called, Why are hate crimes against Asian Americans on the rise? And part Mm of it, it tells about the... Uh, the history, uh, deep roots of anti-Asian racism. Although it's not as obvious, right? Because when when people talk about racial issues, Mm -hmm. it's usually not focused on Asians, right? This is Mm -hmm. actually the first time we feel like we are, quote unquote, in the spotlight for a bad reason for Asians. It says that there is a long and infamous history of racism against Asian people in the US from as early Mm -hmm. as 1840 Um, Do you remember about the coolie system? Coolies means in Chinese, coolie. Cool is bitter. Li is like force or labor. Mm. It refers to these large scale, cheap and unskilled labor. Extracted from various parts of Asia that came to the US back then, you know, maybe to you work on like the railroad the
0: railroad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. The context, so, so I think yeah.
1: it's all like almost like a translation of coolie, people who do wow. hard labor. And it was very cheap labor for the US capitalist class. So the coolie system brought Chinese and other East Asian and South Asian laborers to the US. And um, it, it's kind of like, you know, this um shows the symbiotic relationship of, of capitalism and racism. This importation of cheap labor, says this article, from various parts of Asia, was the basis for anti-Chinese sentiment among white workers mm. who view mm. Chinese laborers as competitors in search for work. Does that sound familiar mm. to present-day well, I mean, U.S.?
0: This, I mean, it also strikes historic tone as well. There is a term carpetbaggers used oh. for What some whites hating other whites for taking their jobs, they would do is take a piece of carpet, Uh roll up all of their things in it and carry it on a stick over their back. And they were called carpet baggers because their bag was made out of carpet.
1: Mm. Okay. You're listening to The Bridge. Also, do you remember there's some um, do you know about this Chinese Exclusion Act?
0: Yes, I'm very familiar you with are. that because, okay. yeah, the Asians, especially Chinese, were taking a lot of jobs and whites were worried about that. So mm. laws were passed to discriminate against th- them as an entire race of people. Yeah,
1: basically it barred all Chinese people from entering the U.S. This is like back in 1882 and Mm. because Asians look a lot alike other Asians were also mistaken for for being Chinese you know Mm. because we look the same I guess especially to um, people of other races and I Mm. think this act was not repealed until 1942 you know decades later I guess some part of that remains you know so there is uh, historical reasons for that but I don't think we can blame what's happening now uh, at least not a lot of it on on what happened decades ago.
0: Interesting you mention that Mm -hmm. because there is a university professor at Stanford Mm. who teaches history. His name is Gordon H. Chung. Mm. Not to be confused with the other intellect known as Gordon G. Chung. They're very different people with completely different perspectives on everything, basically. Mm -hmm. But Gordon H. Chung at Stanford, this historian, does talk a lot about what you're talking about. He's written many books Mm. about Asian migration, especially Chinese migration into the United States. States, Hmm. and it being the root of current racial discrimination problems.
1: Hmm. Yeah. And also, um, we were talking about how they were blamed for taking jobs. This is related to something else I want to talk about, because, Mm -hmm. you know, when I think about this issue... Um, although I'm stunned by by what's happening, but I really I'm interested in what actually are, are causing this what are the root cause of uh, of this hate Now globalization, mm-hmm. right when people talk mm-hmm. about stealing jobs, they that's uh, something you hear very often in the us. People think that mm-hmm. a lot of these uh, blue- collar jobs were taken away like factories yeah. disappeared because Absolutely. of China. I mean that is a very narrow view of things and also very yes. biased. First of all, globalization. It's global. And it's I
0: think they're they actually a lot of these folks that you're talking about. Mm. Let me give you a practical example from my real life. Sure. I I spent a few years living where my uh, parents ended up retiring, Mm. Oakdale, California, Mm. which I've mentioned on the show before. Previously, the only Hershey chocolate factory was in in the west of America was in Oakdale, California. I used to visit there from other towns as a young boy. Sounds like you baked
1: in chocolate when you were little.
0: You would drive your car. Car through Oakdale, California, in the ni- 1980s and early '90s, mm. and the entire city smelled like chocolate. Oh my I swear gosh. not it was um, it, all you had to do is roll the window down and you felt like you were eating chocolate. Oh, it was wow. so thick in the air but you know and the entire town of Oakdale was built around this factory, not physically but you know mm. in terms of the the jobs provided by this factory right eventually, the company decided to outsource chocolate production to Mexico. Mm. And so a lot of those jobs went away. Mm. And I remember sitting in cafes with my father, his fellow workers who worked in construction, mm. and they would talk about globalization. Not my father, but a lot of you know folks that he knew mm. would talk about the big bad globalization and how people around the world were taking jobs away mm. from hardworking Americans. Mm. And so while it is a narrow view, it is a common view among mm. blue collar workers mm. that they're worried about their own livelihoods. Because Because there's cheaper labor elsewhere in the
1: world. Right. You know, I understand, I empathize with them, I understand uh, the impact it has on their lives. And I think of it more as the responsibility of the government to be able to see further than us, you know, to to see further than a common citizens. They should know Mm -hmm. the forces Mm -hmm. of history and the forces of future Mm -hmm. globalization. It's been going on for actually thousands of years. You know, people traded Mm -hmm. back when uh, thousands of years ago. original Silk
0: Road. Right. It's
1: just uh, with uh, technology and other things. Um, the rate of globalization is going a lot faster. This is nothing new, right? And mm-hmm. it's a natural way of things. Oh, you know, coca beans are cheaper in South America. Uh, yeah. well, let's not grow as much here and let's import, right? Mm-hmm. Or, hey, yeah. if cocoa beans grow up there, why don't we just build a factory there? The question, I think, is not to blame what has already mm-hmm. happened, but yeah. as a government, you should, force, you should be able to foresee things like that, right?
0: Retool your citizens exactly. through education, probably to give them new opportunities and a changing workforce.
1: Exactly. So I, I, you know, sympathize with the people who lost their jobs, but mm-hmm. I, I don't sympathize with the government, you know, when it comes to shouldn't you know better you know shouldn't you prepare your citizens for things like that or i'm not yeah. not even just like the federal government but government at the local level right you are Absolutely. in the leadership position because you're supposed to see further you're supposed to mm-hmm. have bigger ideas of what what's going yeah. on instead of you know when people lost their jobs and you go like uh-oh um let's blame somebody else you know, that's that's right. not the way to lead and also and, oh, uh, just mm-hmm. another example like when it comes to um for example car manufacturing right mm-hmm. you U.S. cars for you know yeah. for for a long time now they're just not as competitive. It, mm-hmm. They they're bigger. I mean they're sturdier. I have to say.
0: Ford is currently selling a factory that they have in Germany to BYD right now oh. in a deal that's going to close any day.
1: Okay, all right, but you know early on I think it was more um, GM and they were mm-hmm. they faced competition yeah, from Toyota, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. But if you study yes. the case, you will understand that Toyota was just doing things a lot smarter. Uh, the whole manufacturing process and also how um, the workers and the management melted together to, to work toward a, you know, a better outcome and mm. the whole management team, the theory was, was different. It wasn't just about, you know, just the design of cars or America. Have you ever factory.
0: seen the movie mm-hmm. gung ho
1: gung ho with
0: Michael, Michael, there's a movie from the 1980s called gung ho. What does that even mean? Where the, I don't know what it means. Gung-ho. It's just, the, it's, 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 I think it means go, Hard or work hard or something. I don't know. That's oh. my assumption. I could be wrong. Okay. But Michael Keaton, famous actor who played Batman, he also was in this movie where they try to compare Chinese management to American management. It's not a documentary, it's mm. totally a fictional, mm. silly, hul- hilarious kind of comedy. And they actually show exactly what you're talking about some of the differences in culture in Japanese business and car making and those in America. Mm.
1: But uh, the point I'm saying this is uh, globalization is an, a natural force. And, I mean, there are things you can do to pull it back a bit, right? Um, but it, it's not a thing to blame on a certain uh, race of people, right? It yeah, just so absolutely. happens that at this point of absolutely. time... Um, you know, at that time, Chinese labor—the uh, cost of Chinese labor was a lot more competitive, right? They yeah. could produce the same thing. What do you mean,
0: Japanese labor? Uh,
1: you know, for well, you're talking about Toyota. Uh, Toyota and later on manufacturing in China, right? Yes. I'm just saying, in the future, it will be somebody else, like nowadays right. in Vietnam right. or other Southeastern countries. A lot of production yeah, are moving there because labor yeah. in China are getting more expensive. So that's right. China will, you know, China is facing the same problem. It's not like oh, because of the Chinese people, we lost our jobs. And my view on that is that as, as you know, people working in the government, you should prepare for mm-hmm. things like this. Know where yeah, the hist- historical trends and you know, predict the future. Oh, yeah. You're listening to The Bridge. When it comes to uh, hate crimes. Oh.
0: Before we get to that, I mean, sure. to jump back, uh, I want to kind of cover the same topic that you're covering a little bit. sure. And, and say, I think you're, you're going in the same place. Mm. When the Hershey factory outsourced to Mexico, it's not the fault of Mexicans who are a cheaper form of labor. Mm. It's just market forces in action. I actually read something interesting. I'm not sure who said this originally because it sounds too good to have just been made up. <laughs> Someone wrote, politics is the art of optics and economics is the science of reality so
1: politics uh,
0: politics is the art of optics and economics is the science of reality the reason they posted this is they they were talking about in America there's all these politicians saying we're going to decouple but the reality is Mm. business persons in China and the United States are doing more business this year than any year previously more exports and imports in 2022 between China and the United States Mm -hmm. than in any year prior so even while like politicians are talking about, they're going to do something. Business people are already taking advantage of the opportunities to continue to coalesce. And there is no decoupling. Why? Anyone talking about decoupling doesn't really know anything about economics whatsoever.
1: Now I don't even understand what politicians politicians in the U S are doing. I feel like they're doing so much more damage. You know, even they're just
0: doing, they're just talking and they're not really doing much of
1: anything. They, they, they try to divide. Okay. And they, trying to store things i feel like maybe they should just go home i think even if they go home (laughs) and farm it would be better for the world seriously Mm. you are supposed Mm. to be providing (laughs) service to the people do you Mm. hear any any politician in the u.s saying doing things to serve the people? I mean, isn't that very, what they're selected select-
0: to do? Let's get back on the topic of anti-Asian hate, Ugh, where you okay. were going. To get you back on the topic, where I'm going <laughs> I'm, I'm to read an article real quick, just not the whole article. A Newsyahoo.com. This uh, was by David Klepper. Uh, this is from February 1st, very recent. Anti-Asian hate, quote, runs the gamut, end quote, racist Yelp reviews show. Hmm. And in this particular instance of anti-Asian hate, which was not physically violent, but you know, violent in another way. It says uh, someone wrote, "I will not have my dog eat in this place because what? they might cook him." Oh gosh! When talking about a Chinese restaurant run by uh, Christopher Wong, and he also oh, no. said, "quote The owner works for the Chinese government." End quote. Now, why yeah, would right. someone hate the Chinese government? I wonder where they're getting that idea again. I think uh-huh. it's very important that each time. Time we talk about one of these racist events, the perpetrator, the suspect, the person who is uh, committing these terrible hate crimes, always mention some weird concept that they must have gotten from somewhere, like the U.S. media.
1: You know what I found, Jason? It th- it might not sound pretty, but I found like a lot of the hatred, a lot of misunderstanding, and just the bad forces that we see in this world—they mm. stem from ignorance. I know mm-hmm. ignorance is a hard word But I think that best captures what I want to express mm-hmm. Some, A mm-hmm. lot of times people don't like something It's because they don't understand it They don't know right. anything about yeah. it You know, mm-hmm. how many people in the U.S. can explain What exactly is communism, right? What's your <laughs> understanding of communism? What's your understanding of socialism? Or what mm-hmm. has um, certain groups, people actually You know, what did they actually do For you yeah. to hate them so much? Right. It's usually something they heard or feeling they get. And then when that's mixed with like troubles in their own lives, it's Mm -hmm. easy to scrape go somebody else for your problems. And I was, um, for hours, I was, you know, thinking about what is the root cause of all this? You know, I, as an Asian, I lived in the States for for Mm. years, and it was fine. People were nice, and I didn't feel this hatred in the air. And now, Mm. in the past few years, literally a lot of um, Asian people are afraid to to go out, you know, especially Mm. older people, how vulnerable they are. Living in a society filled with such hatred.
0: When you think about a giant city like San Francisco, where, like, Half of the population is either Chinese, Korean, Japanese, mm. or from some Southeast Asian country, India, and they still go outside and worry. It's insane. Like, really, you are talking about ignorance, which is, you know, I think also a key part of what we're talking about. Mm. But if you have half of the population of a city is you know comprised of people from Asia, and then the other half, Mm -hmm. right? And we're not talking about the other half. We're talking about a small, small group of deranged or ignorant or whatever. We're trying to figure that out. Mm -hmm. People who are willing to hurt them. Why can't they learn a little bit more about their community? Why aren't schools in San Francisco Bay Area teaching more about East Asian and South Asian culture, Mm -hmm. so that there is more understanding and more empathy and more sympathy with each other.
1: Or maybe the forces from the media, from the mainstream media, and all goes to politics in the end, right? Mm -hmm. What is the government trying to do? Do you feel like the government is trying to unite the country in the US? Does anybody feel like that? (laughs) Come on. I wish it would. I mean, anti-Asia sentiment is just one part of the whole problem, right? And that brings me to my thinking about the root cause of all this um mm. that the u.s as an empire if we can call it that it's on the later stages right if you look at the historical mm-hmm. cycles of empires you know beginning with the dutch and the british and later on the mm-hmm. u.s mm-hmm. they don't go on forever okay that's yeah. just the way things go because there are forces that will you know that there were forces that lifted them up and there will be forces that will bring them down and mm. nothing lasts forever this is one thing I think people really have to start understanding okay it, yeah. things will change and um, I was reading um, Principle how to deal with a changing world order by Ray Dalio and mm-hmm. it describes there are six main stages to the lives of of empires and mm-hmm. basically US is at stage 5 out of six, stage 6 and but when people is that where
0: everyone gets free french fries sorry what sorry, magic. <laughs>
1: Okay, anyhow, so and and the way the U.S. is doing things is not really helping. OK, it's the way it's doing things is exactly accelerating uh, the speed of its uh, downfall. Mm-hmm. I hate to say that because then people, they will fear even more. But we have to understand natural forces. Right. Why things go a certain way. It has a lot to do mm-hmm. with um, the debt cycle right and how mm-hmm. because empires they become so wealthy think of the US in the 60s right 70s after the second world war it mm-hmm. was the you know a glorious time right internally mm-hmm. people living standards were, were rising you know internationally people were looking to the US as literally you know the beacon on the hill it was wealthy it was um you know it was peaceful but that won't last mm-hmm. forever I, I don't know about
0: how much of that's entirely accurate because there was the vietnam war the korea war mm-hmm. There were incredible racial tensions between whites and blacks during the fifties and sixties mm-hmm. that, you know, a lot of white people look back to the fifties and look at black and white TV shows and movies. And they think, Oh, the good old days in the fifties when you would go home and your wife would be baking you a Turkey every night and <laughs> your in your glorious GE oven. Mm. But I mean, if you look around the, the United States at that time, it was very good for some wealthy white people, mm. but it wasn't that great for a lot of other people who were incredibly oppressed at that time.
1: And um, I- um, well, at least internationally, you know, for decades, people yeah. looked to yeah. the U.S. That the
0: idea has been as, that the United States is this glorious place
1: right. to go. At yeah. least it was, uh, it has been the most, the wealthiest nation, right? No nation probably mm-hmm. has been this wealthy, this got this wealthy this fast. So I'm saying mm-hmm. that won't last forever. You know, when you get yeah. to the top, the natural thing that will happen is that you will mm-hmm. start to fall. And one of the reasons that, Uh, Some of the reasons that empires fall is because when you get wealthy, people, they will start to splurge, right? They won't be as careful with their finances Mm. and they will like to spend more. They feel like, you know, we've been working so hard. I'm going to just not push it so far anymore. I'm going to enjoy my life. And people Mm. will basically enjoy more than they would put in to increase their productivity. I would
0: add, Hmm. overextend themselves. One of the problems with Rome was it was highly overextended. And the United States is not, it has 800 military bases abroad and it just announced the opening of nine more bases. Right. So they are just dumping money into an endless, useless project.
1: Exactly. That was my uh, next point. And you, you know, you you said it, you nailed it. Overextension is one of the probably major reasons for empires, for the falling of empires. You just exhaust yourself. You know, they want to be able to maintain its hold on, you know, the entire world. It's going to It's going to tax you. Right. Where do you have the money to fund all these, um, you know, military projects? Right. Especially when you have more problems internally. And as the internal debt cycle, we know that the U.S. has a lot of debt. Like lots and lots and lots of government debt. Yeah, just, just
0: government debt is thirty-two trillion. Exactly.
1: Right so how are? You, it's a huge, huge, huge bubble. When well, you know what, hmm. what are you going to do with that? So internally, and and of course, other internal problems like inequality. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Even though there are uh, people who are wealthier beyond imagination, but a yeah. lot of other people at the I guess bottom half of the society are not really enjoying their lives. So are, the
0: Gini index shows that right. a wealth disparity in the United States is worse than wealth disparity in China. So
1: basically, to sum it up, um, at this stage, there will be a lot of internal problems, mostly related to inequality. And also for the U.S., I guess racial problems has always been mm-hmm. right. There's mm-hmm. always oh, yeah. tension be-
0: before it guard. was I mean, there. There used to be 10 million Native American people. Where did they go? Oh, gosh. And how was American wealth really built? Was it the millions of uh, Africans? slaves that were brought to the continent. And then you're talking about coolies. America has always, even before its founding, during its founding, after its founding, until now had serious racial problems. Yeah,
1: I I think it's hard for the government to look to that part. they kind of just like brush it off. But what I'm saying is, according to the book I read, Principle, right? U.S. is at stage five. And at this mm-hmm. period of time, a lot of internal problems and they what do they do with it, right? Uh, it's hard to yeah. resolve any of these issues we mentioned. Mm-hmm. I feel like the U.S. government is not capable of solving any of these issues. It because it's so high
0: taking like the right steps, it does seem feasible. Like you could get a group of smart people in a room who could come up with some steps you could take to start alleviating these problems if they're but united. It does look like, but it does look like the leadership in the United States isn't taking any of the requisite steps to start solving these kinds in, of
1: problems. Instead, I feel like its strategy is let's blame somebody else, right? Yeah, and blame the other, the biggest target. Like quite literally, <laughs> is China, <laughs> right? So. I think I wanted to paint a little bit of the background, right? This mm-hmm. is not a single issue that you can solve on its own. I guess um, there could be more police surveillance, right? People, Asian mm-hmm. people, could voice out more uh, so that they become more united um, and help each other out. Communities to can be become more vigilant. I, I think, but it's it's hard to to do that mm-hmm. if people feel this hatred for like another race of people. And it's totally unbased, right? There's no base for it. Well, what do we do Mm. to you, right? I mean, the Chinese people, I don't know, back in the days when you were in the US, uh, did you get the feeling that Chinese people mind their own business? In general, we're not a very... Loud I don't actually
0: remember thinking like what are Chinese people like versus other people like mm. that never really occurred to me in that particular frame. Mm. But I think, you know, you were making a really good point and I feel like maybe one or two steps got missed in your um, sure. your, your argument there. Mm. So I want to fill them out because I think we're on the same page. Mm-hmm. So you're talking about the United States blaming uh, China. Mm-hmm. So what we have are leaders in media and in the government. Who are saying, "Oh, that you lost your job, that's China's fault," or "Oh, you know, you know who great threat to the United States sovereignty is China?" Hmm. And even though China hasn't been involved in a war in four decades, and the United States is currently involved in several international incidents today. Do you
1: know how much war costs. Um, oh well, let let let's right? let's keep it to mm. I, oh, okay, I agree. Okay. Sorry. You're
0: right. In terms of the US uh, economic decline, I talking I talking about
1: overextension. Yes.
0: Yeah. Firstly, I want to say I don't think that there's a, the word collapse when used to talk about governments is You didn't say that, but a lot of people out there do, Mm. is dumb. So the United States isn't going to collapse. What it's going to do is become less wealthy, probably. It's going to hit a curve where expected by the IMF for the United States economy to grow by 1.2% in 2023. Mm. Whereas China, the economy supposed to grow by, according to the IMF's most recent studies, 5.4%. India is going to grow by 6.3 GDP over the course of that time. So the United States isn't going to collapse. It's going to become slowly less. Yes relevant well, and it's going to slowly hang on, slowly less capable of maintaining a bases and F-22s that blow up balloons. So we're going to enter a phase where we're a multipolar world. I don't mm. think at any point the United States is just going to suddenly be like, oh no everything is terrible. It's just going to slowly get <laughs> no. more terrible. They're like t- Less wonderful each year for a long, long time. But I mean, what you're saying, and these are the steps I think are missing, is in the meantime out of fear and And confusion, our media and some quote-unquote experts... Some of whom don't even speak Chinese Mm. are talking about China and saying, oh, look, bad guy. And so that is affecting the population of the United States. And there there are a conceivably large amount of people who are thinking, oh, yeah, China's bad, which is disgusting. I like why it's really, really horrible. And it's not that most of them are going to go out and commit crimes. But a small, 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 small percentage of those people who think China bad who are also prone to violence or drug addicts or deranged are going out and they're hurting people. And, and that is really reprehensible. And it, it's the fault lies with media and leadership blaming China for America's problems.
1: It's like the U.S. government and the media. They are almost casting the spell on on the general population and mm. diverting their attention from their real problems that they have internally, right? They tell mm. you that, hey, th- this is bad guy who is causing all this. And also, I just want to squeeze in a comment you were mentioning how uh, u.s is becoming less wealthy but think about the way if you spend the way the u.s has, mm-hmm. has been spending you cannot mm-hmm. be wealthy you cannot stay wealthy right wealthy means you have resources you have the money if you keep spending it how are you going to remain wealthy
0: oh, yeah.
1: you're listening to the bridge
0: I know someone who actually would argue against this and I don't respect this person, but he did make a good point about <laughs> this one thing. OK, uh, I'm not going to say who it is. You better but not. He, he mentioned that one thing the United States does have a lot of is wealth. And even if it doesn't have it in cash. The United States still has an enormous amount of physical natural resources and access to natural resources. That's true. The United States isn't going to collapse or crumble or whatever, because it, it still has like Alaska mm. and like nat- and forests and it can conceivably has, you know, tens of trillions of dollars in untapped physical resources, space and access to rain, all kinds of things, farmland. So even though uh, the United States leaders are spending into oblivion, the United States is not going to just disappear one day it's probably just going to become a what we're going to enter into is a more multipolar world Mm. where the european union india china the united states kind of share need to learn to get along with one another because each of them is going to be sharing more evenly the global gdp i mean
1: isn't that the way it's supposed to be people sharing Mm. you know um uh, wealth and development and natural resources why would people mm. think that oh u.s should just remain um the yeah. you know the most soul powerful superpower in
0: the world? right yeah why, why is it's that a- natural i have a master's in history mm-hmm. and i studied world history and it is actually a statistical anomaly to have a sole superpower there have only been very short periods of time throughout history where one nation has been a dominant superpower in the world for a very short period of time mm-hmm. the general status of history is a multipolar world
1: right so I think you know mentally psychologically we should get uh, familiar become familiar with that idea because I think for the past uh you know century it was all almost natural for people to think that the. US is at the top of the world it got used to dictating others to do what he wants to do but is that really the way it should be doing but I think we we're you know, getting a little.
0: <laughs> if we're going to look at solutions and maybe we're not right, know, placed to do this, hmm. I think people in the media need to reflect on their own reporting more carefully in the United States. I don't want anything bad to happen to the people of the United States or the government of the United States. It's not that the is people. Not it's
1: actually not the people. It's just. Well, I, I
0: yeah, I think what we need is better leaders. Well, leaders need to start reflecting in the State Department, in the White House, in Congress and leaders of media organizations and reporters need to start reflecting about re- representing what's happening around the world more even handedly instead of saying oh China bad well why not talk about what China's actually really like China's actually an amazing an, a place mm. China has you know, the most solar panels in the world the most hydropower in the world it has the most wind in the world the more most offshore in the world it's just raised 800 million people out of poverty and has no absolute poverty as defined by IMF mm-hmm. in the world it's the greatest. Uh, creation of wealth in the history of the world. China's doing amazing things for its own people and hasn't been involved in a military conflict with another nation in decades and decades, mm-hmm. literally decades and decades. Hasn't invaded another country in twice that amount of time. This weird idea of demonizing China in the US media, I don't understand how this ludicrous like concept seems to be proliferating. And I, I think it's an echo chamber where some media organizations or leaders are saying it and then others are like oh i trust that source Hmm. and then they're echoing the same gobbledygook which makes no sense in reality we need to stop this cycle now
1: sometimes i feel i truly feel bad for um like the general american population because in a way Mm -hmm. they're so isolated from what's happening outside outside america you know because like (laughs) news about other countries at least um the brighter part of things like normal lives from other countries are they're, they're just they can't squeeze in to mainstream media. They're so busy I, like, attacking people.
0: on that? Sure. I don't have the exact quote, but there's a, a really brilliant international thinker from Singapore. His name is Mabubani. Ambassador ah, yes. Mabubani. Yeah. Kishore. He's yes, a, yes. Yeah, Kishore Mabubani. He was teaching at Harvard doing research there. He went to give a speech, I think it was in 2014. It could be 2016. He gave a speech at the Kennedy Center, and he was talking about what media in the United States is like. And he mentioned that every time he goes to America, he feels cut off from the world. I'm paraphrasing, but this Hmm. is what he says. You can check out his speech on YouTube, Mm -hmm. Kishore Mabubani Kennedy Center. And when he he says, he gets into his hotel and turns on the TV and he immediately feels cut off from the rest of the world Hmm. because U.S. media is so like self-reinforcing and so Hmm. cyclical about its own narratives, which are completely divorced from the narratives outside of the United States. If you go to India, you go to England, you go to China, you watch the news, you're hearing about what's actually happening in the world. But you go to America, you're hearing about this strange self-reinforcing narrative that only seems to really exist in the U.S., in U.S. media, where it's a distortion Mm -hmm. of the reality outside of the United States.
1: You know, that is actually, uh, I also feel that strongly. I guess I never thought of it as being cut off, but I just feel like, I have this feeling that, like, a lot of American people are not interested in what's happening outside the country. That can become problematic because if you don't get to know them, you don't even you know know their existence, how they live. Then it's hard to understand them. And speaking of mm-hmm. um, uh, Kishore Mabubani, I, I have mm-hmm. like all of his books, and he's a genius. Uh, like a few that I, I tried to heard. get
0: him on this show, mm-hmm. Kishore. If you hear this, we would really love to have <laughs> him on the show.
1: You <laughs> must be. I've really sent him like busy. five
0: emails. I've sent him like five wow, emails. Keep, <laughs> let's keep going.
1: <laughs> <Right. laughs> no, a few books that he uh, has written. Um, the book has the West. Lost It was like the first book that I shared with my um book clubbers uh, in my book club mm. and also Can Asians Think these are all you know the these are there's a question mark behind the titles and also The New Asian Hemisphere um mm. the irresistible shift of global power to the east and there is also I think one of his newer books is um Has China Won also with a question mark I feel like when he was writing these he really wanted to um show the like general american population like a what the outside of the world is like you know what people actually think i don't know how many people actually get to read them or understand them i really hope that more people Mm -hmm. do because it helps us um to see things from you know other people's perspective and um that's why you know i was saying i sometimes i feel bad because um not just when it comes to the media but also like uh products because when you live in the states you feel like um you feel international right because Mm -hmm. you feel like oh the things i use are made in like china made in vietnam but actually if you live here like i here i live in beijing i use products from all over the world you know (laughs) i've like a um i've soap from thailand I have detergent from New Zealand, and I have like um, other products from uh, Northern Europe. While I was in the States, it's much harder to get uh, products from you know other countries. It's just another. Hmm. Um,
0: I think China is the United States' number one trade partner, but in terms of imports, mm. uh, the United States gets most of its imports from Canada and Mexico, and then China's number three. It's
1: actually very limited. You know, there's a whole other parts, whole other parts of the, uh, of the world that mm. America should start exploring a little bit more. And um also from this article, because this is a really good article from liberationnews.org, I want to share a little bit more. So according to sure. this article, it thinks that imperialism is the root cause of racism. you know, if you mm. we went back to the uh, historical part of that a little bit, Um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It it is the ideology which upholds colonial rule and exploitation. It is the ideology that breeds fascism, um, rightly condemned by the civilized people of the world. This is a quote by Claudia Jones. And also regarding this uh, anti-Asian hate issue issue. The article Mm -hmm. says Mm -hmm. to properly contextualize this problem, it is crucial to understand the evolving global conflict and the feedback loop between the looming conflict with China and the spread of racist ideas. And with regard to provoking a conflict with China, the current U.S. administration is no better than the previous one. And um, you heard of uh, Pivot to Asia, right? Which started Mm -hmm. at the end of Obama's tenure.
0: Yeah, Obama. It
1: was basically... I
0: remember when he said it. Yeah,
1: diverting uh, attention from the war on terror in the Middle East. And instead to focus on great power conflict between the U.S. and China. I mean, just the way a phrase it. You know, it puts the word conflict, it puts the word mm-hmm. threat into people's mind. You know, what have what has China, you know, done to, to deserve those words? And it says mm-hmm. the this conflict exists at its core because U.S. imperialism cannot tolerate the existence of another superpower and the restoration of a multipolar world in which U.S. hegemony is challenged, <laughs> um, deranged. You know what I mean? Like it's hurt, it's hurt that I'm no longer the big guy on the block.
0: Yeah, what you read out of the book is essentially the same as the argument that you made earlier, and just using using different words. Mm. So I think you know what's really interesting is exactly what we're talking about. That the I don't think that anyone starts out racist or whatever. They're they're taught that, Mm. and who are they taught that in the United States primarily by media and our leaders, right? And so you know we as Americans we need to demand better journalism we need to de- demand better leaders we need truth. to hold hold our media and our leaders to account for the terrible things they say when they say something terrible about people in China or about the Chinese government we need to say hey you know that's not even-handed what you're saying is not true it's not accurate and that's hurting people mm-hmm. that's hurting people around our country our own people right and and if in fact it's also Driving our two countries into having less cordial relations. So it's it's very frustrating as me, for me as an American born in America who loves my country. I come to China where I love the country I've chosen to live in. Mm. And these the, seeing these things going on are more than frustrating. I lose sleep over this. Mm. Why can't our two countries get along more cordially? I think an, another so last solution I want to throw out there is I think we need to get back to people, pe- to people exchanges. So I want to throw this out there for any living. Listeners who are living in America or maybe, you know, in a G7 country, you want to come to China. If you need help and guidance how to get over here you know, email uh, the show at, uh, we love the bridge at gmail.com. I'll be happy to give you some guidance and tips on how to get a job out here and to come out here and live in China, Uh see it for yourself, see the sunny sky for yourself
1: Exactly. and and, and, and
0: meet people. Yeah. We need people to people exchanges. We need people from America to come and live in China. See how peaceful it is. See how amazing Chinese people are to you as a foreigner. See how amazing life can be here so that you can call mom at home and tell her, Hey, China, the, re- the real China mm. is nothing like the China that you're hearing about back in America.
1: You live here, you get used to um, peace and safety so much so that mm-hmm. they are not even a thing. It's not yeah. even something you think about. And also, I just want to, you know, um, ask our listeners, like who would benefit from serious conflicts between China and the U.S.? Who are the only people who will benefit if there is a actual war between China and the U.S.? Who will benefit? Because I, I could go on the street in the U.S. and in China and interview people. I don't think anybody will want a war, right, between nuclear powers in, in, in this world. The only people I think who will benefit is the people who are making the weapons, the war well, If mongers. there's no world
0: left. Yeah, exactly. If there's no weapon, if there are no humans left because there's a nuclear exchange, then... Uh, Uh, No one benefits.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but they will be super wealthy, at least for a while. They're short-sighted, right? You know, they, yes, they think about exactly. the money. They their sons and daughters are no, not going on to the battlefield. They're so wealthy right. that they will be able to protect their uh, own families and they're not going on to the battleground. You know, they they care about how much money they make um, and whether or not they can keep dominating the scene. Hmm. Um, But so well,
0: on that very positive note, <laughs> that we that's all the time we have today on the bridge. Thank you so much for joining You're us, baby. You're funny, Jason. <laughs>
1: Okay, so, um, with my half-swollen tongue, I know that what what I've been saying in this show is kind of, like, uh, scattered... Because I think I'm a little bit too um, agitated and too excited. I really hope it's a that, very
0: complex topic too.
1: I know, and I just want to wish peace, really peace and safety for everybody, and Me too. and also knowledge to get to know the world, get to know the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, to yeah, just seeing things more clearly so that you don't just uh, believe what they uh, tell you um, in the news. Okay. Mm-hmm. Best wishes for all of you. And thank you, Jason. Thank Thank you. you. We'll talk again. Bye. Bye.